Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. This week we're talking about Jack Kirby's Mr. Miracle number four, The Closing Jaws of Death, which introduces Big Barda to the series. That's right. Man, I, I just love this character so much. She's great. I don't know. Were there, aside from Wonder Woman at this time, do you know if there was another character, female character, like a strong female character before Barda? Not really. In mainstream comics. In mainstream comics. Not really. I mean, you've got uh, the Invisible Girl at that time still, who was it was kind of a, meek, a little bit meek, although she was kind of emerging out of the shadows. You had the Scarlet Witch. Black Canary to some extent, but not a lot. Barda is a really unique woman. I think the the wonderful, I mean, maybe we'll go through this a little bit as we go through the issue, but one thing that I love about the character is that she's a brute force, like what a guy would be. Like a, like in, the, in regular comics, you can have like, in regular mainstream comics, you'll have like the guy be like the, the hulking, like, you know, Conan, you know, the buff guy kicking butt. And then the woman, the women are usually the witch, the magicians, you know. Whereas mm-hmm. in this book, you see the opposite. She gets called a witch, but she's not really a witch. She's like the brute force badass, like Arnold Schwarzenegger type. And the witch is really scot-free. He's not really strong. He doesn't have any superpowers. He uses gadgets and mad, not magic, but science and gadgets to get out of situation. If, if anything, he, he's the one who should be called the witch, and they're not calling him because he's a guy. They're calling him the witch. I love that there's kind of this gender inversion with the two of them, where she's so bold and assertive and aggressive. She even talks about how she's a great warrior. And Scott's this kind of guy who's, yeah, definitely a more meek, also and more kind of detail-oriented. She's just brute force. And it's just such a great contrast. In a lot of ways, it's Kirby kind of inverting the way he's customarily drawn male-female relationships. I mean, I think almost 50 years later, or 47 years later, this comic can still hold up until the last couple of pages when she gets in the bikini. (laughs) But (laughs) until those last couple of pages, I think like from like a, you know, female empowerment perspective, and even the bikini part, you, like in terms of like this book, you could still show it. Like I, I'm sure there are a lot of comics from 1973 that if you read it now, you're like, oh my god, ooh, yeah. that's a little iffy there. But this one, time and time again, I think Kirby shows that he was really ahead of its time, his time. The, just the treatment of gender that we've seen throughout this the the New God so far has been really progressive for its time. Mm-hmm. Because right, Granny Goodness also, she's like this horrible harridan of a person, but she's like got agency. She's not just working for Dark Side. She has her own plans. She's her own schemer, you know, and so she's got her own stuff going on in her world. I think with the Celestials, especially because we saw like weak females in the New Gods, a little less than we usually do did at that time. But Barter comes across as like Scott's I mean, or superior in a lot of ways. I want to live in Apocalypse. Screw New Genesis. So you think like New Genesis has a more better gender role. So you'll see like Dark Side's Warriors. The top general is a woman. Top like special force uh, are the, what are they called? The, the Furies. The female Furies. Yeah, the women. They're like the top soldiers. 
New Genesis is like, I don't, the only woman I remember from New Genesis is when, like, his wife, and she died, and kind of like, that's why he, yes, she was like a plot device. Right. Where, like, Kirby makes a point about how Barda and Scott are really tightly tied to each other. She helped him escape. Yeah. They've been, it's pretty clear they've been friends since they were little kids. Mm -hmm. Like, she was his buddy. And maybe it's because Scott worked with the female Furies. Maybe we'll find that out later on in a in spoiler about four weeks. Mm-hmm. But like already they are really good friends to each other. And so they've fallen into this really nice relationship. Yeah, I don't want to bring it outside comics, but I think Tom King built on that so well too. Because the level of familiarity they have with each other is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all of this also really feels like like a, a bizarre date between Scott and Barda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And man, she's having so much fun. Like the scene on uh, like page 14, panel two, the smile on Barda's face as she's beating up these guys who kidnapped Scott. She's just having so much fun. She's yeah. just loving, you know, using her weapons and fighting as much as she can. She just wants to be in the middle of the battle. I love her costume design too, with the colors and everything. Yeah, like, like the the chainmail and like she's just she's a warrior. I I think it's cool how it's her uniform, because that's like that's an awesome, really interesting uniform. There's another thing there too, which is she's not drawn. She's drawn head to toe in her costume, right? She's not drawn with the revealing bustier like. Wonder Woman had or yeah. Scarlet Witch had, right? She's automatically shown as our first impression of her is that she's not a sex object, although she's really sexy. Uh, mm-hmm. It's that she's a warrior who's ready to fight. Yeah, I mean, why would she go to battle with a bikini when that's what Wonder Woman does? Right. She, we she, could talk about the bikini later on, but to me, she's well, no, the like bikini yoga clothes or something. No, no, what I mean by it is, like, in general, like, female characters are usually, like, skimpy outfits. Right. Where, where the guys, like, have all these, like, chain mail and, like, armor and a helmet. And so she has a helmet. I don't, you know, is there another, again, mainstream female superhero that that wears a helmet that covers her hair and face? I don't think at that time there was. Yeah, I mean, it's like they never got any protection for their head and some... So, and for that matter, we haven't read Forever People, but Beautiful Dreamer of the Forever People wears a dress, mm-hmm. which is, and, and has an open head. So, no, Barda is definitely like this progressive character who mm-hmm. stands out next to even Kirby's own characters. I think subconsciously Kirby, <coughs> in terms of, I mean, the more I read these issues, the more I realize Apocalypse was a better place. <laughs> <laughs> For like equality. Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit like the US and USSR at that time, where where women were treated more equally than oh, they were in our yeah. society. Yeah. There are Russian cosmonauts and Russian female cosmonauts and Russian female army officers. That's right. And they went to war. That's true. Uh, it's probably straining a little bit. Even the first few pages of her introduction are just so cool. She, the way she dominates Oberon and completely breaks him out of his funk. 
literally one of my favorite panels in Kirby is page three, panel one, where she's just stretched out on the tables with this look of like, come on, bring it on, kind of on her face, you know, mm-hmm. where she's just so full of energy the entire time, even when she's resting. Yeah. You know, one thing I didn't notice on page two, panel three, where she's holding her baton to his face. Like, he's the guy, but she's the woman, the powerful. Right. It's pretty cool. Well, she's also a celestial, as as Kirby always calls her, and Oberon's definitely a human, mm-hmm. as we've talked about the last few weeks. So then she plunges into action to try and save Scott. Mm-hmm. And again, like, she's really worried for Scott against Dr. Bedlam. You see this. You see this love between them. I also think. So, what do you make of this idea too? Our rank decides that how you get around. Some use the boom tube. The warrior is equipped with a mega rod, so she's elite. She doesn't just need a. She doesn't use a boring old boom tube. That ain't nothing. She uses the net, the mega rod because she's a true warrior. Yeah. I think that's what I was thinking of, too, because the boom tube is, like, for weakling, kind of like, hey, I'm, like, you know, scot-free. And, like, for her, it's like she's got, like, she can do more. And she does. So then we get back to the chest that Scott is trapped in being dropped down a large elevator, not elevator, but a, a stairway shaft, 50 stories, in the building full of people who are filled with Dr. Bedlam's hate machine. And... Page five is just a dynamic action page where not much happens, but it's so fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You just see a lot of very, very angry people. And again, Kirby draws like a wide diversity of people in these panels. I wonder how much Vince Coletta cut out of these panels, but Kirby does a great job just building this drama. You know, I was it was surprising to me that I didn't know Vince Coletta inked four issues into this. He's been doing a lot. I thought he only did like the first three of each, but I guess he did. I mean, he did this one, but it's interesting that there's a lot. Next month is the first Royer issue. Oh, okay, got it. But yeah, I didn't really. I noticed that Bar- Barda is a little bit more, you know, romance novelish looking, but I didn't really see any. As far as the people go, I didn't see any difference. He probably erased a lot of the stuff in the back. But even, you're right, because he, he softens Barta in a way, and we could talk about it next week. I don't think Royer softens her in the same way, and I don't know if Royer's inks are as good with Barta, at least to start mm-hmm. with, but we can get to that. Yeah, let's talk about that next week, yeah, when we see Royer. I don't think she would have saved Scott if she caught the chest, by the way. This is something that always bothered me in comics. The physics of a falling object, it doesn't matter if you catch it with your hands or if it lands on the ground, it's still you're still gonna have the impact of the the hit. But whatever, she's she catches the falling chest that has that she thinks has gotten it. And in a dynamic final panel on page six, she rips it apart as if it's nothing. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. She looks like the thing or the or Thor or someone mm-hmm. ripping this apart as if it's really just trivial like the drawing the action too like the movement of her body is like really you could really it's really well done the dynamic like that rope that's in your face on the last on the panel five page six where like she rips it and then it it feels like everything is going all over the place and there's a rope that's coming to the screen you know like it was a 3d movie you'd see that rope coming towards you right 
she's also perfectly symmetrical in the middle of that panel. So yeah. she's kind of dominating it. And her hands are like kind of bisecting the panel in the, and filling in the edges there. It's just a gorgeously composed piece of work there. You could see the dynamic movement too, uh, like above her belt or whatever, like her, her chest area where like it's moving, you know, it's pretty, really well done. Just another example of Kirby as, as a master of comic art. And you even flip the page, and there's Barta looking up. She stands out next to everybody else, be, in part because of the colors. That's maybe the genius of the costume, too. But also because Kirby draws it in a way where she really stands out. Mm -hmm. And then her eyes point right up to Scott standing on the railing of the stairs above her in the, in the following panel. It's just gorgeous storytelling. Yeah, it's really good. Like, he knows where to put it. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, at this point, it's like second nature to Kirby to be such a great storyteller, I'm sure. He probably didn't think about it at all, but the way that page just echoes the previous page and, and then echoes itself is just so professional. You're right. And then the violence that the people are committing against Scott in the final panel on page 7-2, just the look of fury on their faces. Mm -hmm. You really do feel like Scott's in danger. Yeah, I think the next next couple of pages, like after the you know, this violence, it almost feels like a Three Stooges page, page nine, eight, and nine. Yeah, they try to uh, you know they think he's a vampire, and then they they're not successful, and then they try to pour some water on him, and then he ducks down, and they all slip. You know, it's kind of it it just shows uh, Kirby's talent for action and in my opinion comedy and then uh and then page 10 and 11 i guess affinity for snuff films <laughs> <laughs> i like him sliding down this the banister too on this on this oh, yeah. page 10 that's just so cool i mean uh, where did this come from like he slides down they grab him they want to like make a real life film where they murder him on on video it's like what is going on here kirby what's going on in your head so this doesn't make any sense because if they were filming a tv show they wouldn't have real weapons they wouldn't have a real fire and for god knows they wouldn't have a real iron lady that would like with with real you know shards that would kill scott yeah this isn't a real threat no i think it is a threat i think this, I mean, how did he get from that building, which I assume is like an office building, you know, there's like bankers, stockbrokers, maybe a doctor's office. And then there's this set where it's got a real actual Iron Maiden with like a director ready to film a murder film on video. Well, it says Galaxy Broadcasting Films, it's TV specials on this floor. Oh, okay. Which is really convenient exposition, by the way, since that's never been into that before. But okay, Jack, we'll we'll buy that. But okay, if they're filming TV specials, first of all, yeah, what are they filming? Murder films. Yeah. Okay, that's that's pretty strange. It's a TV special, right? So at that time, like a TV special was like all singing, all dancing. It's like a Bob Hope special or something. What are they doing with, like, an Iron Maiden and fires and people chained up? Like, it doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. I like your interpretation, too. Like, it's just this murder dungeon that's hanging out 
<laughs> on the on like the second floor of this office building. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. The KB toy store. <laughs> and the uh, and the juice uh juice bar. Yeah. Yeah, get your Jamba juice and then get tortured. Actually, I could imagine some cities having stuff like that. Mm. Post coronavirus, especially, there might be a booming business in torture built uh, businesses. Yeah. But uh, at least it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, yeah. And Go then Barter goes full badass again. I know that's what exactly what I was gonna say. It's like she's just kicking ass and like, and they keep calling her a witch, and she's not. She's like a warrior. Yeah. I I actually got a little bit afraid the building would collapse when she pulled out that column. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't a supporting column. <laughs> and also, like, she throws that column on a group of, like, five or six guys. Like, that might legitimately kill them. And they were just I think, brainwashed. I, yeah, I think she killed about five people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no big deal. They're just people anyway. Of course, she kills people on page 14 also. The people trying to kill Scott. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, this may as well be Big Barda number four rather than Scott than yeah. Mr. Miracle number four. She dominates everything. I mean, page thirteen, she is just this warrior on fire for action. You can tell Kirby just loves her. Because he he draws her with the detail, with the energy with this just fighting intensity to her. Mm -hmm. It's just impossible not to be swept along. Mm -hmm. And it, with a great joke at the end of that page too, if anything irritates Big Barda, it's bad. It's a bad actor. Like, do you feel bad for the actors who she hurts or kills? Well, I think they're actually like sickos. They, this, they may have not been exposed to the <laughs> medic that <laughs> I think they're this is an actual illegal studio film studio <laughs> it's commentary on because you know at this time Jack was in Hollywood right he's probably working with Hollywood yeah you could imagine that in Hollywood that's it I mean it's still better than the comedy business <laughs> anyway, that's a comic book business sorry not comedy business. Uh, oh I, I was interpreting it as comedy yeah since you worked in that business too. Cool. And then he goes and they finally see Dr. Bedlam in his nightmarish form. It's pretty scary. I love those pages. The way the way Kirby pivots to that dark rendering style. I like the blacks, yeah. The um the shadowy blacks. Even on uh, page sixteen panel four where they're in the shadows, it's like they look menacing, like Barda and uh, and Scott. Mm-hmm. And then the following page with the with the ghastly beasts again, like Kirby, I think is you know going, stretching his skills of like monsters he's never drawn before. At least I haven't seen it. It echoes the beast we saw last issue, yeah. and these are really freaking bizarre-looking creatures. Mm -hmm. That dog kind of thing with the three eyes—that is spooky as hell. Are you looking at the omnibus? Yeah, I am. I'm looking at the new tray paper bag, and the colors are green. Is it green in the omnibus? It's green in the omnibus. I should have grabbed the original. I didn't. Yeah, I I, I wanted to buy the original. It's very expensive right now because of Barda's first appearance. <laughs> I wonder what my comic is worth. Mm -hmm. Cool. 
And then uh, I like this page. So on page 17, um, this is a page turn. Is it a page turn in your? I guess it, it must be right because you don't have the original. 17 is the page turn. Yeah. Yeah, we had the original. We know, but it's. I think it's an interesting page turn because he still doesn't know who shows up, right? And there's like a green arm on his shoulder on on Oberon's shoulder. You're like, is this Scott? And then you do a page turn, and it's them. So I do like that. Oh no! From seventeen to eighteen, though, they're they're next to each other. Oh, and you're right. It could be Darkseid's hand. Oh, uh, in my comic, it's a it's a page turn. Interesting. That's a good shout out. They page eighteen. I really like the interaction between uh, Barda and Oberon, and then Scott being the peacekeeper, and because Barda is really speaking like down to Oberon, and I like I I really enjoyed the quote or. Um, Panel six, page eighteen, where Scott says, "You know, to Barda, this is a house of friends, Barda. The strong don't rule here, so she's not better than Oberon, even though she's more powerful. No one's better than no one else." That struck me as such a great line because it captures the difference between Scott and Barda, but also why they're such a great couple. Because Scott can appreciate where Barda's coming from; he can appreciate her background what she went through to become the person she is. And because they're such good friends, because they're already so close, Scott can say, the strong don't rule here, that that this is a place of peace. And I see this as part of Scott helping Barda kind of become more free, more open, more less of a warrior and more of a, a person. Well. Yeah, yeah. And I love the last two pounds of that page because there's a point where you could see Barda is going to go kick his ass, kick Oberon's ass. And like he's holding her arms like, no, 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 it's okay. And then like Oberon's all like, oh, yeah, you know, she, he's like being like a drama queen. Like he's all like, you know, like if she would have left with you, she would probably done her well. And then like uh, Scott's like, easy, easy. So he's just trying to calm everybody not to fight each other, and like, especially Barda from not kicking his ass. And I interpret when Scott grabs Barda's wrist on page 18, panel 5, he just grabs it really lightly. Mm -hmm. Almost oh, like, yeah. like the little tiny grasp, right? Saying, hey, you know, stop it. Because he can't, he can't hold her back. I think also this is a little like Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm where She's threatening him, but I don't think she's really threatening him. Yeah. Because yeah. that smug look on her face, face on the final panel of page 18 is more like, yeah, I was going to put him in his place. Ha, 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 kind of thing. The little rat. And then Scott does the right thing, too, by making a roast for them to eat. You know, break bread with your friends and loved ones. Is that what that is? Okay. I thought it was a turkey or like a mud pie or... Yeah, some sort of meat, I'm sure. Because you know Barter's not a vegetarian. Yeah. I like also that he's all like, yeah, she didn't get strong eating cookies to say the kids are <laughs> not, not good for you. Yeah, she needs a hearty dinner. Man, in every way, she is just, the the, the gender roles are inverted again. Yeah. I feel like... She's not making the household talking about peace, and there's Barter talking about fighting and ready to, to swing... You know, it, like, I, I keep coming back to Fantastic Four, but Scott's a little like Sue Storm here. I do have to say, I think Scott's escape that he describes is awfully contrived. 
It's for kids. That's what I was, I, I, my note on here, this is for kids. So the kids can see like, oh, here's, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, these comics are for like 10 year olds, mm -hmm. right? And so like, he's just telling him how you could escape, you know, obviously like don't do it at home, but you got to have all these gadgets and this is how he did it, you know. It's okay. just kids, I feel like. I mean, it is a kid's comic, come on. It is a kid's comic. Yeah. But then she gets in the bikini and then all that feminism goes out the door. <laughs> no, no. no I, I think it's still kind of empowering, right? She's big, you know? No, I think it is empowering, actually. I, I think it's actually more empowering than it might have been perceived at the time. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you see women all the time at the gym who are dressed not that much, wearing not much more than that. Mm -hmm. Because they don't, it, it's kind of wrong for them to wear more than that right if you go to like one of my races uh, you'll often see women running in a sports bra and, and short mm -hmm. shorts because it's just more comfortable mm -hmm. and i always think of it as more like gender empowerment this is this is who i am accept it mm -hmm. and uh you know obviously at the same time you know scott loves it because scott's really freaking attracted to this woman and I kind of wonder if she's like, yeah, I'm going to dress in a way that's going to kind of get Scott to appreciate me even more. Because I mean, you know, if, if she's, if Bart is so strong in terms of personality, in terms of warrior spirit, in terms of just assertiveness as a personality, you know, she's sexually aggressive too. It's natural for her to be that, right? It's just another facet of her personality. Mm -hmm. And it comes from her extremely strong self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is kind of like a show. I guess that costume is for their show, you know, their business. Yeah. And in reality, she's like she wears battle armor. But like when they do like the uh, the show business stuff, she's wearing that bikini. So this is my favorite entrance so far of any character in the New Gods saga. We, we were talking about how Orion and Light Ray's entrance in New Gods 1 is spectacular, but this is a star-making performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. Great design, great colors. I'm assuming he had a lot to say about the colors. So, Who colors it? Do we know? I mean, Royer is not... I, mean, I don't know who the colorist is. We should talk about that next week. I'll do a little research. Okay. But the, the yeah, the colors are perfect. You know, there's something also in the color. Her costume is dominated by blue. His by red and green. I wonder if there's something there, too, in color theory. Oh, you know what? There was actually, I think I read this because I was reading up last week on why the cover was white. He actually did have suggestions as what the color should be. And DC, you know, you know, didn't want to do green, yellow and red, but. It's interesting. His colors are like the creeper colors, too. Yeah. Another kind of cult favorite of mine. Yeah. Cool. Mr. Awesome. Miracle number four is a great damn comic book. Probably like my favorite issue in Mr. Miracle. I agree. Thank you, Amir. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. Oh, thank you.